If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome to the second episode of Listener Stories here on Heal Your Heartbreak. And today's story features a woman named Dana who lives up in Canada. She was in a relationship for five years and By the time this airs, they've been broken up for about six months. And Dana shares the story of how she had to come to find out that her ex was having an affair for two years behind her back. And from there, she, you know, devised a plan to leave the house that they were living in together and really say goodbye to this whole life that she built with this person and what that process was like, how she healed and recovered from that. She is such an incredibly strong woman. And even if you are someone who didn't go through infidelity and didn't have to experience an ex having an affair, I highly recommend you listen to this because it's it's one of the worst things that we can imagine having to go through. And although she was in such a grave amount of pain, she navigated this whole situation with such strength, such boundaries, a very, you know, big amount of grace. So I was very inspired by Dana's story, and I know you will be too. Hi, Dana. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. I'm so excited to have you on and so grateful you've come on to share your story. Hi, Kendra. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited too and a little nervous because I've never podcasted before, but I'm honored to be here. So thank you. (laughs) Yes. Well, we're so excited to hear from you. So I'd love if you could start off by just telling us a little bit about you just so we can relate and get some background. For sure. So I'm Dana. I'm from British Columbia up in Canada. Um, I don't know if you have a lot of listeners in Canada. I know you're based down in the United States, but I'm sure a lot of people will know at least where BC is. I'm from the West Coast. So from Vancouver Island, actually. I'm 39 years old. I am now single. I don't have any children. I work as a flight paramedic. So I work rotational work up in uh, Canada's Arctic, up in Nunavut. 
So I do two weeks on there and then two weeks back at home. So I get the tropics and then the Arctic. <laughs> Good mix. That's a very adventurous job. Yeah, very exciting. it sure is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I live out of a suitcase basically, but it's pretty fun. Which I'm sure, you know, and we'll get into your breakup, but I imagine that having the two weeks on two weeks off was probably like a blessing and a curse with your breakup. Cause the two weeks you're on, you're probably like super distracted, very have to be super concentrated and then two weeks off where it's just time with you. Yeah. Well, actually it's been a little bit of the opposite of that. So I have a lot of downtime at work between flights okay. and lately I've been really looking forward to my shifts because I have this downtime where I can just focus on me and I know we'll talk about some of the things yeah. I've been doing to heal, but you know, I really kind of dig into that while I'm at work. When I'm at home, it's busy. I'm, I've got my friends and my family and lots of stuff to do. So, but it has been a really good mix to have the two sort of separate lives going on. Yeah. For that I love that perspective. Well, I'd love if you could just, you know, tell me a brief description of your relationship. How long was it? What kind of dynamics were in there? Yeah, for sure. So um, I actually met my ex in the Arctic. We met at a diamond exploration camp. He was the owner of a company up there working. So we started out as just work friends, but we pretty quickly began dating outside of work. Um, we lived in different provinces after about a year or so of long distance dating. I moved to his province to live with him and he had his kids part-time and two beautiful dogs. So I just fell in love with being a family. I bonded with his children, even though him and I weren't married, they called me their stepmom and the dogs really quickly became my babies. I was that dog mom. Yeah. <laughs> I was that dog mom. <laughs> um, even his ex-wife and I became very friendly. So I really just uh, sort of integrated really well into his life. And we spent five years together. A lot of our time off, we spent camping with friends and visiting family, taking vacations. We sometimes even still work together up north. So I thought we had just a pretty solid, good relationship. Um, I really, I was deeply in love with him. I thought he was my forever person. Um, I really admired, I really respected him. I trusted him. We both worked away and our relationship was strong even though we had so much time apart. My family really loved and admired him. They kind of looked at us as like a power couple. We were both pretty successful in what we did and we just joined forces and made a beautiful life together. But all that being said, like now that I'm out of it, of course, hindsight is 2020. And um, looking back, like I realize he was really good at subtly manipulating me. Mm. Um, I don't want to use the word narcissist, but he was pretty covertly manipulative anyways. Like he never insulted my appearance, but he also never complimented me either. He would make a lot of sarcastic jokes that felt a little bit mean, but not enough that, you know, I would stop them or say anything. He always left me in the dark about big decisions like buying property or cars or renovations, but we kept our finances separate. So my complaints didn't really seem valid to him. Um, basically, I just never felt good enough for him, mm -hmm. as I'm sure a lot of the listeners can really relate to. Um, I found myself just bending over backwards to earn his love. I really thrived off pleasing him. And even like something as simple as a texted kiss emoji from him would make me glow, even though actually in five years, he never told me he loved me. So that was kind of the relationship in a nutshell, five years. I'm so sorry. I know that like covertly manipulative thing. And it's not even like what they say that makes you do things. It's 
I don't know. It's like almost things between the lines almost of things yes. that like go unsaid. And I know we're not calling this person narcissist and, you know, I'm always super cautious to call people that, but I think the part that does relate is almost like you're playing a game, but you don't know the rules. <laughs> and so you're yes. like, how do I know what I'm doing? Cause I don't know the rules. And I'm curious, did your realizations of this come during the relationship or after the relationship? So I have a really strong intuition, which I have failed to follow many times in my life. Um, Not alone. (laughs) Not alone in that. (laughs) For sure. So my intuition was telling me along the five years we were together at certain points that things were off. I knew that I probably wasn't being treated as well as I should be, but he did generally treat me very well. So I could never really put my finger on it, but things were off. Okay. Yeah. And I'm sure once you got some distance, then, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. No one's alone and not listening to their gut feelings. Love is like the ultimate blinder for gut instincts. And so it's never something to like feel ashamed of or anything like that. Cause I think that's so common. Um, so what happened with the breakup? Who ended it? What sparked it? So even though most of the time I was on cloud nine in love with this man, like I said, my intuition was telling me something was off. So what kind of sparked it was year four. We were on vacation together. I saw a text from a girl that I'd never heard of. It popped up on his phone. I didn't see the actual content, just uh, her name. And um, I asked him who she was and his reaction to that question really caught me off guard. He got really defensive and almost angry at me for asking. Um, We had a little fight about it, but he convinced me that she was just an old friend and that there was no need for me to be insecure. So that was the beginning of the signs that started popping up that he was cheating on me. Um, He was really good at lying and gaslighting me and actually part of me thought I was going crazy even though all these signs were popping up I started gaslighting myself like I was just so desperate to believe him and I really wanted our relationship to work out and I really wanted to trust him so even though I had no proof there were little signs and like I said my gut was just ringing the alarm I just knew when I was really honest with myself I knew deep down that he was being unfaithful little things like he kept his ringer off. He kept his notifications hidden on his phone. He kept his phone really close to his body at all times. When I did question him about some suspicious phone activity, he wouldn't give me his passcode. He insisted he had the right to privacy. And of course he'd make me feel terrible for asking. So the actual breakup happened on New Year's Eve, just this past New Year's Eve. After a couple of drinks, I I looked over his shoulder when he typed his passcode in and I saw what it was and once he was sleeping I did the thing I (laughs) broke into his phone and um, I don't condone anyone do that but at the time it was what I needed to do to get answers I was just desperate for the truth so what I found was beyond shocking it was way more than I anticipated Um, I discovered he had a mistress for the past two years that was the name that popped up on his phone while we were on vacation She was 15 years younger than him. She would come and stay with him in our home every time I went away to work. She was waiting for him to leave me. Um, I also discovered that he had an account on like a sugar daddy, sugar baby website, and he'd been soliciting other women for sex. So um, yeah, that was the beginning of the breakup. In that instant, New Year's Eve, two in the morning, I just froze. I was so shocked. 
I stood there in our bedroom. I stared at him sleeping and I just, all of a sudden he was a stranger to me. Um, wow. Yeah, it was, it was a very difficult revelation. So his son was staying with us for the holidays. I made the decision not to say anything yet. I just knew that if I confronted him about it, our worlds would all come crashing down. I didn't trust myself to stay calm at all. So I laid back in bed. I booked a moving truck on my phone. I tried to sleep for a few hours. Um, his son was with us for the next four days. And I just did my best to pretend everything was fine. I just wanted this boy to have a good holiday. And I just felt like I needed to gather my thoughts and make a plan. So I decided over those next three days that actually I was going to keep all my plans secret and leave when my partner went to work in three weeks. I just really knew intuitively that confronting him would not be a good choice for me. I imagined him becoming angry and defensive. Um, I imagined he would probably try to gaslight me further. I imagined I would just be a sobbing mess every single waking minute until my moving truck could come. Um, I had to move back to my home province. I had to give tenants in my home notice of eviction. So like all this stuff had to take a little bit of time. Yeah. So over the next three weeks, I basically just gathered my belongings. I pretended to spring clean. I took things to the goodwill. I made plans to move. And <laughs> wow. <sighs> yeah. Wow. Um, first of all, I am so sorry that you had to go through that. That's like so many people's worst fears that you lived through. Um, I want to applaud you on quite a few things on how you handled that. And I think with like the looking in their phone, it would be one thing if you had proof before, you know, it's like, I think you were driven to that point very appropriately. I would say it was completely the right decision because that was like the last thing you needed. Um, to make that decision. So I would say there was nothing wrong in that scenario, it's what you needed to do. And I think the fact that you had the awareness of your past experiences with him, where he got defensive, gaslit you, and the fact that you had the awareness that some of the time when he did that, you would start believing it too. So the fact that you're like, I'm not even gonna give him the opportunity to do that. I'm just gonna do all of this in secret. I think was 1000% the right decision for you. So I would be curious during those three weeks, did you ever question leaving or were you like, I'm done? Uh, no, I was done. I just okay. knew I had like, what I discovered was so, so, so shocking. It wasn't like a one-time thing. It wasn't like a flirty message thread going on. It was so deeply disturbing that a hundred percent. I knew I was done. I didn't like that decision. I really yeah. wished that I could erase it all and rewind. And I wished with all my heart, I wished that it wasn't true, but I knew it was true. And yeah, my decision was absolutely firm. That's such a great distinction. And that's something that I try to communicate to people all the time is what you just said is like, I hated the situation, but I also had to accept it because I had to make the right decision for me. And those two things can exist at the same time. And I think so many people hate the situation, don't want it to be true, but they don't act based on the fact that they accept it. So unfortunately, that's why a lot of people 
stay in scenarios like that or would maybe bring it up in order for, you know, cause they want to hear what the other person is planning on doing to fix it and things like that. So what happened when he left and you left? Like, did he try to contact you? What did that look like? Yeah. So he um, also would go away to work occasionally, not as often as I did, but he had a work trip planned for three weeks after I discovered this affair. So um, luckily I had a couple, two really awesome girlfriends in the town that we lived in that I confided in. They were my absolute rocks over those three weeks and they helped me pack the house. So I waited for him to leave. Basically, as soon as he left the house early morning, these two girls came over and we just packed my whole house up in a day. It was, it was quite the day. It was intense. Um, the moving truck came the next morning, packed everything into it. And I had pre-drafted a letter, like an emailed letter to him and his mistress that I waited until uh, I was a day away. It was a two-way drive, two-day drive for me. So I waited until I was a day away. I continued to text him like normal for that first day. And then I sent off the emailed letter to him that night. And basically it was radio silence for about a day, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. And then, you know, and then there was some phone calls back and forth. And then, you know, there became all of a sudden a lot to talk about. But for me, emotionally, those three weeks, like I was fueled by white hot rage yeah, <laughs> and adrenaline. It was really, I was just fueled by adrenaline. I knew I had to carry out this plan and I knew I had to, my whole focus was just leaving. And then as soon as I left, it's like that adrenaline just disappeared and I absolutely crumbled. And then it really hit me what I was losing. You know, I was losing my whole life as I knew it. I was losing these kids that I bonded with, my precious dogs I couldn't take with me. They were his actually in the beginning of the relationship. So I really had no right to take them. And I was losing him, you know, my companion and the person that I thought I loved, uh, our whole group of friends, our whole lifestyle, basically my world as I knew it. And that's when the realization hit when I pulled out of the driveway and left. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you do if you had unlimited time and energy? As you're navigating your breakup, I know your energy can feel low and it can feel really difficult to complete everything you need to in a day. When you're emotionally exhausted, it's especially important to be really clear on what your priorities are and where your energy should be invested. Therapy has helped me in the past figuring out where I should be putting my energy, whether that's career, friendships, relationships, events, which in turn has helped lower my anxiety because I don't always have to feel stretched thin or behind. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash heartbreak. Are you looking for a guilt-free way to unwind? Between balancing your breakup, work, and just functioning in your day-to-day -day life, I know you are under a lot of stress. 
breakups mess with your nervous system, cause obsessive thoughts, and make it so hard to just sit with yourself. This is why it's so important to have rituals that allow you to treat yourself in a healthy way. And this is why I love Recess Mood, a sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like stress-balancing adaptogens and mood-lifting magnesium. Life has been very full and stressful for me lately, and as someone who hasn't had alcohol in 11 years, I need something that helps me relax and that can bring me a moment of peace. Lately, my favorite way to do that is sitting on the couch after I put my kids to bed and having either the strawberry rose or the lime recess mood. They not only make me feel good, but they also taste incredible too. So whether you're looking for a healthier alternative to alcohol or a way to make you feel more balanced, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash heartbreak and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You have such incredible self-awareness. The fact that you waited a day before you sent it because, like, who knows if you sent it too close, maybe you would have turned, you know, it's like, I think you just had so many boundaries in place to help assist you through this. And I think that your experience with the shock and the adrenaline in the beginning, and then that ends, and then that's when like the sadness just completely hits. Um, The thing is like your breakup didn't happen after three weeks. Your breakup happened New Year's Eve when you saw everything. So that's like when it started. So when people tell me oh, I didn't really feel much the first couple weeks. It's typically because of the shock, like logistics. It's like, all you're just trying to do is like, what do I do next? It feels like you're in a cloud. And then it's usually a couple weeks before the pain really hits. And um, if you had to pick a few of the most difficult emotions that you were facing, what would you say those were? Um, Definitely grief. And I'd say, you know, one of the hardest things for me to accept was losing my dogs. Like I looked upon those animals as, you know, they weren't actual therapy dogs, but they were my therapy. They were my joy. I considered them like my babies. And it's just a different type of loss when you leave something and they're still there. You know, when you leave humans behind, there's still an opportunity to connect. And there's a lot of emotions involved too. Of course, leaving him behind, there was a lot of anger and the betrayal and everything and all those sort of negative emotions. The children, like, I still have the opportunity to connect with them and have them in my life in some way. But those dogs, it's just, I had to grieve losing them, even though they're still alive, which was really yeah. difficult. So I'd say, I mean, grief over all of the losses has just been the most overwhelming hardest emotion. And then um, a lot of anger too. I feel a lot of anger for the situation and for what was done behind my back and the lies and deceit. And I feel violated. I feel so violated that, you know, this person was in my home when I was away at work and I was thinking that everything was great and I was in love and we had this future and I was just being totally deceived and violated. That's really been hard to deal with. Yeah. I mean, that makes complete sense. I think that's a very 
appropriate word to use. I mean, anger is such a healthy emotion to feel after a breakup. And especially in your case, when I think no matter what anger is appropriate to feel, but especially when you have a lot to be angry at, um, a lot to be angry at. And what were like in the first you know, days, weeks, month, um, you mentioned those two girlfriends, which that brings me so much joy to hear that, you know, to be able to lean on people like that for you to reach out for help, be vulnerable. This is what I'm doing. I need help. Like that's huge, but I'd love to hear some of your other, like early kind of coping. Like, what did you do to survive in the beginning emotionally? Yeah. Well, like I said, in the very beginning, it was all about action. I needed to take action. I needed to plan. And so I really busied myself with planning. And, you know, even like you said, I waited a day to send that letter, but I so thoroughly planned that out. So I kind of almost distracted myself from what was happening with the planning. But I also knew that there was going to be a lot of damage done by this to me. So I reached out to a friend who was in therapy and I got a recommendation for a therapist of course, with the pandemic, we couldn't meet in person. So we had a phone uh, meeting and actually it happened to be my first session was during my second day of driving home over the phone. <laughs> so that was actually really awesome because I spent an hour on Bluetooth talking to this therapist while I left my life behind and it was really good timing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, I went out walking a lot. You know, I went out walking with these two girlfriends that I had in the town that I was leaving. We just went out and walked and walked and talked and talked. And I started searching out Instagram accounts to help me feel better. So I found a few different therapists on Instagram. I found you during that time on Instagram. <laughs> um, a couple other accounts that just made me feel sort of seen and heard. Accounts that I could really relate to with what was going on in my life. What were, oh, it's, sorry, and oh, meditation, yeah. meditation. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So um, I found a couple apps that I just started really at night to sleep because my anxiety was so bad. It's so, so bad. I can't even describe how horrible my anxiety was at that time. I just started playing guided meditations, mostly at bedtime. That's such a good tool because I forget that meditations work so well to go to sleep. I'm always like cautious to recommend them to people right after a breakup because I'm like, I don't know if I want you sitting in your feelings for that for that long without any distraction, but I forget they're like such a great thing to put you to sleep at night. So I think that's an amazing tool. Um, I always like to help people find other resources. What were like two of your other favorite Instagram accounts that you utilized? Um, there's one called I've been that girl too. Um, the yes. girl's name is Kindle D. She's so real. She is so just tells it like it is. And honestly, I'm addicted to her quotes. Um, she just yes. nails it on the head every time. So I just recently started following her. So I love her account. Yeah. Yeah. So real, like real talk. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I needed that for sure. Um, oh gosh, I've been following so many different ones. Yes. <laughs> that's okay we'll leave it at I've been that girl too I think that one is awesome so I definitely recommend people to go follow that one um so as you moved through the breakup I mean you're still relatively fresh out of this breakup I would say especially for how traumatic it was what were some of your first indications that you were making some progress yeah, I think the first day that 
I realized I hadn't thought about him until 11 a.m. was a big day. Um, I was waking up every morning. I was dreaming about him. I was dreaming about him with his mistress. I was tossing and turning at night and I was waking up with this just pounding anxiety every morning. As soon as I opened my eyes, I was right back into the thick of what was happening to me. And so I think the first day that, you know, about 11 o'clock hit and then I thought about him and then I realized, oh my gosh, I haven't thought about him yet until now. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That was the first time. Yeah. I think breakups can feel so overwhelming if we think about the finish line being completely over a person. That's a long ways out. And it's not like we have a timeline of when that is supposed to happen. Because in the beginning, especially, gosh, I remember like the waking up every morning and being like, is it a dream? Is this real? Like, and then having to come to terms with the fact that it's real every morning and then like the heaviness and how scary the day seems. And so the fact of just that brief little bit of freedom and peace of mind from when you wake up till 11 a.m. is a really big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And as the days have gone on, I mean, I'm into about month four of my breakup now and I'm not over it. I'm not completely healed by any means. I still have days where I cry, but first of all, it was every single day, multiple times a day. I could hardly stop tears from coming down my cheeks all day long. And that slowed down. And I mean, now I'm at a point where it's maybe once a week that I have a good cry and it feels good. I mean, I cry because I feel bad, but it feels good afterward. It is a good release. I always feel better after I cry. And I always... I feel like I need it. So I almost look forward to the opportunities where I can be alone and have a good cry. Yes, that's such a great shift in perspective because it is a release. And I think we have to have a certain amount of those releases before we can start feeling relief from that huge weight on our chest. So you mentioned some of like the coping kind of tools you used when we're talking more about like healing more of the root of like the betrayal, so you mentioned therapy, what were some other like tools that you've utilized to dig a little bit deeper in your healing? Um, So I've been journaling and actually I found a program. I actually found it before the breakup, but I found it because I was having such bad anxiety with my intuition telling me something was off. My alarm bells were ringing. I was just in a state of high anxiety a lot for that last year of our relationship that I found this program. It's called to be magnetic. I don't know if you've heard of it, but yes, my actually Um, one of my really good friends is a coach for them. Awesome. So it's been really healing and really helpful. I bought their yearly subscription and I've been doing their program. And basically what it is just for the listeners is a way to uh, incorporate like meditation and then followed by journaling. And it really digs deep into your sort of subconscious and your psyche. And it, what it does is reprogram your neural pathways to sort of get into some really deep healing. And, you know, you have a look at your sort of childhood trauma and different things that caused you to be the way you are as an adult, but you get a chance in these meditations to go back and sort of reprogram things so that you can come out stronger and healthier. And um, it's been really helpful going through that program. That's amazing. I actually started doing it at the beginning 
of quarantine last year and I stopped, but the times that I was doing it was really, really powerful you know, digging that deep into the subconscious. And yeah, and I know so many people that that program has worked wonders on. So, um, so yeah, that's such a great tool to share. And so with that and meditation and therapy, especially for only being four months, four or five months in, you've done a lot of the deep work. Yeah, I've basically just made it my mission. (laughs) I've made it my mission to come out better and stronger from this. Um, I've had realizations about how codependent I was. I had no idea. I've actually always prided myself on being really independent person. But I think what I am is actually I'm just introverted and I'm okay with being alone physically. But I didn't realize how emotionally codependent I am. And so I've just made a commitment to myself to take a good year. I vowed off dating sites. I'm not going to go there. That's something I've done in the past is immediately got out of a relationship and started even just a flirtatious relationship with someone else right away, just to keep myself busy and feel good. And I'm just not doing that this time. I'm doing it differently because this was so traumatic. I actually call this event, the great shakeup for me. This is my great shakeup. It's just time to do something different. There's a, what? oh my gosh, I'm forgetting his name on Instagram. His name is the angry therapist, but he talks about the fact that we get very few opportunities in life to completely like erase our etch-a-sketch, like what you said, the great shakeup, like, and shake up our etch-a-sketch and start fresh. And I know how painful that time is because I've totally been there, but there's also this great opportunity to rebuild. And do you feel like even this early on, do you feel like you've had like what I call like blessings in disguise? Like, do you feel like you've had good things come out of it? Whether that's just learning new things. Absolutely. I, now and then I feel a glimmer of excitement for my future. Like I'm excited to see who I'm going to be on the other side of this, you know, working with a therapist and doing this work with the to be magnetic. I am learning boundaries. Um, I'm learning you know, self-esteem and it's already showing up in my life. I'm laying down some boundaries at work. I'm laying down some boundaries in my personal life with other people in my life. And it's all turned into really positive things, which I am not used to. I didn't know that I could have boundaries and have it turn into positive things. I always thought that laying down boundaries would mean people wouldn't like me or they'd be mad at me, but it hasn't turned out that way at all for me. It's actually turned into really positive, awesome things in my life. So absolutely, I'm feeling the blessings. Um, Another really awesome thing that's come out of this is that I've maintained a relationship with my ex's ex-wife, the mother of his children, and I have seen them. I have maintained a relationship with them, which has been really so beautiful. It's taught me that all is not lost. Um, Even though this relationship has ended, I don't have to stop being a mother figure to these children. I don't have to stop being in their lives. Uh, we can maintain our own relationship without him, which has just been amazing. Wow. That makes me feel teary eyed. Um, that's very, very beautiful. And I think it just goes to show that the fact that you, you did walk away, like you got to a place where you were like, I'm okay walking away. I'm so sad about it, but I'm going to walk away from so many things that I love in this relationship and in this family. And as a result of that surrender, that relationship 
kind of re-sparked and came back into your life? Because I have a feeling if you were to have tried to force it through him or force it another way, it might not have turned out that way. So just the beauty of like surrendering and letting go and then this beautiful thing coming back. Yeah, absolutely. What surprised you about going through this breakup? Is there anything where you're like, wow, I didn't realize how strong I am in this, or I didn't realize how much courage I had in me, like a pleasant surprise that you found? Uh, I think you just nailed it. I think I really didn't realize how strong I was and how much courage I had. I was terrified in that last year of our relationship to lose him. I felt him slipping through my fingers. I couldn't pin my finger on why, but I was so scared to lose him. Um, I really had him on a pedestal. Like I said, we had a beautiful life and I was so terrified to lose that. And I think now that I'm rebuilding my own life, I realize that I can actually have everything that I had with him without him. You know, I, I have my own friends. Uh, luckily, you know, even though I left provinces, I moved away. I maintained some solid friendships at home that I was blessed to come home to and have these people welcome me back with open arms. Life is a, it's different, you know, it, it doesn't look exactly the same, but I can have everything that we had together alone. That's so spot on. I mean, and the fact that you're having these realizations, you know, five months in it, it's so beautiful and so impressive. The one thing that I forgot to ask earlier is, do you feel like you had any less anxiety not being with him? I know there was obviously anxiety in the beginning of the breakup just with that, but have you been able to notice how tense you were living in the relationship because you were like maybe on eggshells or not knowing what was going to happen? And then the freedom of not having to worry who he's texting or like what he's saying or what he's not saying. Definitely in a way I've had anxiety still. Um, yeah. You know, one book I want to read that I haven't is your body keeps the score. I think it's called. Yeah. Um, that's so I'm really looking forward too. to reading that. Yeah. And I think that'll explain probably a lot with what's going on with my body, because I still do have anxiety for sure, but it's a lot less than it was at the beginning. Like even that night when I found everything that I found, I almost had a sense of relief right then and there. Like, okay, I knew this was happening, but I didn't know this was happening. I can trust myself now. I can trust my intuition. I was right all along. I knew things were off. And now I had the proof. And so I can kind of rest easy knowing that, oh, I'm not crazy. I'm not going out of my mind. I was right. I knew things were off. And so in a way, it's been a relief to know that I'm not crazy. And you're right. Absolutely. I'm not walking on eggshells. I don't have to burn myself out bending over backwards to please this person anymore. Um, right now, it's just all about me. It's just my time to do things for me. I wish I could like inject that perspective that you were saying about trusting yourself into everyone, because so often people will think that because they missed it for so long that they don't feel like they can trust themselves. But I love your perspective, because even if you didn't act on it, you knew and you're like, oh, I can totally trust myself now. And you'd never not act on that anymore. So it's like you learned you're so much more equipped moving forward. So I hope every single person that heard that takes that to heart because that's the way to look at it. Um, and then my last question is, if you could go back to yourself on New Year's, what would you tell yourself? Ooh, that's a tough one. I think just that everything's going to be okay. 
really just as simple as that everything's going to be okay i think my world just absolutely spun out of control in that instant i had no idea what my future looked like all i knew was that i had to move provinces i had to reestablish myself somehow in a life that i left behind years earlier and i didn't trust that it was all going to work out okay and like i said i'm still figuring it out i'm still getting my footing in my new life um, with just me but it is working out things are working out things are going my way actually things are going really well professionally being back on vancouver island and this beautiful beautiful west coast weather and scenery i absolutely love being back there and that's part of my healing process too is just being back in nature and it's my home back with family i always wanted to move back there with him eventually but now it's happened sooner and so it's actually been a blessing so i just tell myself it's all going to be okay. Yes, that's so beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And I'm so excited for what's to come for you. And I hope that you can applaud the progress that you've made. And you didn't just get here. You've done so much work to be at the place that you are now. And so I hope you take the time to reflect back on how far you've come and applaud all the work that you've done because i can tell you from how many people i've talked to so few people are really willing to like dive into the work and so i'm so proud of you and just so excited for you thank you so much thank you i hope you enjoyed today's show if you loved it i hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends if you're not already following me on instagram head to at your breakup bestie where i'm sharing new content almost every day to join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.